This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. You'll be pleased with the news that we're moving out of lockdown or partially out of lockdown on Wednesday. Oh, I should be more pleased than I am, <laughs> to be honest. Oh my gosh, it has been so nice just being home with Jack and the dog and the chooks and um you know, Jack's been in the kitchen cooking a lot of really yummy things and it's been fun, Sam, and it's hard to want to leave that space. Well, as somebody described last year, level three is really level four with takeaways, so those things will carry on. <laughs> That's the second time I've heard that in 24 hours. And someone described it to me last night as uh, level three is level four with KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really tragic when you think about it. <laughs> and who are we introducing today? Today it is my great pleasure to introduce Jed Casey. Jed and I have known each other for many, many years. He was um, the CEO of our Chamber of Commerce. Huge champion for all things business, real passion for good business practice in the Eastern Bay, supporter of all things business. Um and a a good connector in the digital space as well. Um, Anything to do with business, you know Jed's not far from it. Jed, thank you for joining us today. I'm I'm honoured, and I'm I'm especially honoured to um, down there in Otago because that's where my roots are. Um, My mum was born at 118 Highcliffe Road, and my great-grandmother lived at 114 Highcliffe Road. So... Uh, my heart is in Otago. I'm a Highlanders fan. I'm, uh, and I've got a daughter down there at Otago University. So, yeah, I just love Dunedin and I'm really honoured to be there. And thanks, Mawera, for inviting me. Thank you, Jed. So where are you, Jed? Uh, I'm in a little place called Thornton, which is uh, halfway between Pakatani and Matata. And so we've got... Um, we're sort of at the end of a long driveway of an avocado orchard. Um, I was saying to Mawera that I haven't been past the end of the drive, which is 500 <laughs> metres out. Um, though I did break out the other day because I was feeling a little bit stir-crazy in the house and, and took one of the cars to, to for a drive to the end of the drive and back. And that was, that was my big breakout. My neighbours thought I was crazy, but oh, you, got, you know what I mean? I'm still, I was getting stir-crazy. Have you been there long? Uh, we've been here four years, yes. So we used to live over at Ahopi and um, uh, right on the beach there, and that's where we raised the four kids. And uh, then then we, the owners of the property we were renting, so, uh, selling, so we had to shift out. And then we managed to find this property out here, which we're renting on, which is uh, great. It's fantastic. And... If I say, how was your bubble life, what I mean to say is, how was your first bubble life? How was the big bubble last year? Uh, the big bubble was uh, was great, really. Well, it was it was cool because we had two of our daughters, Megan, our youngest, um, came back from Otago, and then Anna, who's up in Queenstown, she she was back on holiday, so she got trapped. Uh, I was I was there for two for two weeks at home, and then. I was managing a um, a wood factory where we were providing firewood and making a lot of firewood and that. So we were classed as an essential service. We had 30 staff. So we were, I was back in the factory every day. So 
uh, didn't really have much of a bubble. The only thing was um, that it was that crazy time where you came home from work and you had to strip off and then dive into the shower before you had any contact with your family. So it was, um, yeah, it was a it was a crazy time because we were working so so damn hard without the um, without the freedom, I suppose. And so when you went into lockdown this year, was it? Yep, we got this. The feeling of deja vu. Uh, yeah, it's been a different feeling this time. I, I think um, about Tuesday of this week, so about a week into it, I and I have to confess it that, that um, you know I was grumpy, uh, and I don't know what it was. I just felt um, really brass off with everything and everybody, and which was ridiculous, really. I think um, when I put I confessed on Facebook. Uh, that that I was like that. There were a number of people came back, and I'd have to say that probably ninety percent of them were male. So maybe it was just a male thing that that we'd all succumb to this pity party that we were having a week in. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have John Lennon. Bring on the Lucy. Why this one? Uh, I really like it. Megan, my youngest, who's down there in Otago, she played this on her playlist a couple of years ago and I just, there was something about it and I just like, there's a bit of rebel in it and there's a bit of revolutionary stuff in there, it reminded me um, how much of an impact John Lennon has had on the world and I, I think the thing that really uh, connected me with it was he was my 20 uh, year old daughter who was playing something that her 60 year old father 60 year old father uh, loved and put on his playlist. So I just I, I just felt that there's a real connection between uh it connects me to Megan as well.
and the earphones and more of the slide guitar and a touch less of the piano seems loud. Did uh, the Eastern Bay of Plenty was uh, on the list of places that were going to suffer mass migration away from um, the area into the cities and we were we were on the list for failure and I remember at the time when that list came out you and I were two really strong voices saying, no, that is not what's going to happen. And we turned out to be right, and a lot of really smart people turned out to be really wrong about that. What do you think, like I, I have my own feelings about why we why we were able to buck the trend. What do you think has been the thing that's done it for us? Uh, I think sometimes, you know, when you grow up in a small town, you always have a passion for a smaller community. And um, I... I've always loved the fact that we could always buck the trend. You know, I, I saw inside of this community um, how how wonderful we could actually be. I also understood that um, that if we were going to have fantastic economic growth, that that, that was going to come out of the Māori space and iwi were going to be our key drivers. Uh, I don't think a lot of other people could see that and they weren't they weren't working in that space well enough where I was really privilege to be part of that and, and having an understanding of what was going on in there. I also think sometimes you can talk yourself up or down. And so if someone says to you, you're going to be crap, well, you're going to be crap. But if you say, look, you know, bugger off, this, we had smart, we've got smart people in this region. And I always believe that, you know, I, I had a saying that was said to me when I did my governance course at Waikato. If you're the if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I've always wanted to be in the smartest room. That's that's where I've always tried to be. So I was I was always with smart people, you know. And I think you and I aligned because we were passionate. We probably got classed as we were grumpy because we we flew against what what other people were saying, and and we upset people too which I think is, you know, I've always been told that it's ne never, it's never a personal attack. It's a, it's a something against a message. And that's what I've always tried to believe. But I've always believed that this place could be better and we should strive to be greater. And, um, you know, we, if someone says you can't do it, well, then what do they know? You know, we, I knew that we had greatness here. We could, we could turn this thing around. And I, I think we have to a degree, not as much as we could have. Where do you think we're going? Where are we going as a community? What's the future look like for the Eastern Bay? I had uh, a really good friend of mine, and you know you know her, Mawera, um, Claudia Batten wrote a, she writes the newsletter every, every Tuesday. And the one that she had the other day, she had, uh, where can I partner and with others, with other greatness to deliver something with outstanding outsized results in a fresh uh, new way. And this is the essence of collaboration. So often we treat collaboration as a positional or transactional endeavor. To make magic happen, we need to see the essence of our partners. And to me, that really captures, if we, you know, if we're gonna grow, we can't be worried about the BS of, of 
egos and everything getting in the way. It, we, we won't grow if we've got egos in the way and bureaucratic stuff. Where we will grow is when we, when we will make the magic happen is when we see the essence of our partners. And I think that's, that's what it will be, that there's enough people out there that all that have the ability to make it happen. And you've got to look outside the regions. Like I said, you've got to find the smart people because we're not, you know, we, while we have smart people here, we're not, we haven't got the smartest people here. And I think sometimes the people, uh, they don't, they don't adhere to that thing. You know, if they, they think they're the smartest people in the room and they think that's the place to be, they're not, you know, you've got to go and find the smart room. For the sort of work that you do and the impact that you have, it requires you to have a pretty robust imagination to be able to see the future, to be able to overcome all of the negativity that's in front of us. Our kids at the moment are really bound by this big brick wall around them of climate change, of the future of work, of homelessness, of addiction, um, of underachievement in education. All, all of these really negative things are just being are building a wall around them that you know that's that's making a, a barrier to their future. How do you think we help them to get past that? Um, well, you know that mantra that I've got that Claudia said to me one day, you know, which is be the biggest, bravest, boldest person you can be and go forth and slay dragons. You know, and, and I credited uh, Claudia with that. And then she fessed up a while ago and she said it actually, that was Marie Curie who, who made that comment. And I think, you know, that's what I would encourage our kids to be, you know, go and be the biggest, boldest, bravest person you can be. That's what we, we have to let them go and do. We've, we've always encouraged our kids just to go and do what you can. Have integrity, have some really strong values. You know, my granddad used to say to me, you know, when I was a kid, when I shook hands, I had to, I had to shake, grip them strongly and I had to look them in the eye and smile, right? That was, my granddad said that to me. And, you know, we've always said that to our kids. That's what you need to do. Just take someone by the hand, look them in the eye and, and smile. And sometimes we can get bound up in all these in this world <clears throat> and think it's a complicated world. And I've always had that other that other belief, you know, the KISS principle, keep it simple because I'm stupid. And and sometimes if we, we try, you know, it's not issues aren't complicated. People complicate the issues. And, and you know, I, I remember someone said to me, it might have been my mum, you know, she said, always have a childlike um, attitude to life. Not, don't be childish, but have a childlike view at life. And when, you know, as an older father, I look back at my kids and I, I would see a bird in the tree and I'd go, oh, it's a bird in the tree. And then I'd look at my kids and they were just fascinated with this bird in the tree and the wind blowing through the, through the leaves. And I'm going, what? Why are they so amazed at this? And it's only when you become, when you adopt that attitude that you can actually see um, that. That's, that's what we have to go back to. You know, I'm sure that we've got to be, we've got to be, we've got to simplify things. And, and when you simplify things, then you can go forward and get on with stuff. The wonder and, you know, of nature. Hey, yep. the wonder yep. of the beauty around us every day. Do you think that our kids are still seeing that? Um, and with with all of the all the negativity that's surrounding them all the time, do you think that that is impacting on their ability to see that wondrous nature? I think if they're encouraged to to go and see that nature, I think yes. But I think sometimes if we try and prop them up and say. Um, you can't, you can't do that. Or there's all these other things that you've got to take into account. You, you know, I think adults have complicated kids' lives. They, you know, that's that's where I see it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we put our experiences on them and say that this is this is how you should behave. You know, a, a quick story is Tom and I were playing golf. He was he was about 
nine years old, and we drove off on this this fairway, and and for his second shot, he pulled out a driver, which is the biggest club in the bag, and he was going to hit it. And I said, Tom, what are you doing? And he said, I'm I'm just hitting my second shot. I said, you can't hit a driver off the deck. And he goes, why not? Now I couldn't hit a driver off the deck for my second for my second shot without a tee. But Tom, Tom could. You know, he he never had he never had the belief that he couldn't do it. So he went and did it. And that's what we've got to trust some of our kids to say, well, actually, you know, don't climb that tree because you're going to fall out. Well, that's because we climbed the tree and fell out. Doesn't mean they're going to. And I, and I think that's what we've got to we've got to let our kids uh, do and be. Thinking of thinking a bit deep i don't know no that's perfect and and you're so right and so i i think i look at kids these days and their worldview um it seems to be so influenced by what they're watching on youtube what their uh, social media influencers are telling them is is the is the real view of life and not by their own experiences and so i totally agree with you we actually need to get our kids outside experiencing things or take them to the things we're going to so they can experience it without a device between them and the rest of the world yeah and i you know i think we we can we can learn so much from them and and um you know i still learn from my kids i always used to say it was great when we were growing up because we'd sit at the dinner table and i'd tell them what was right and then all of a sudden conversations started to change and and I'd say something at the dinner table and they go, well, you're not, that's not right, Dad. And you go, what do you mean it's not right? Well, it's because of this, this and this. And you go, hang on a minute, I'm the bloody father here. <laughs> and then as they started to get into university or later in secondary school, they were right. And I'd, I'd lose arguments. I'd never lost an argument in my life with my kids. And and so, so you can take that two ways. You can either get really bolshy and... and thump the table and say they're wrong or you can sit back once again and go oh actually you know you might be right there you are right and i need to have another look at that from that viewpoint but we also they have to they have to have take on board some of our experiences and what we do and you know there's always that great saying if you the the mind is it, the mind is like a parachute. It, it only works when it's open. And you know, <laughs> I've always so tried true. to have an open mind. That's, that's what I've always been taught. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orakunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, koutou I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universe. And I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that will be very rewarding, very and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are, the triumph of nature's art, unique. And so of course, as a species, we have so many helpful tools in our living toolkit to assist us and it's not just us now of course this is a lineage that we're all part of since the universe erupted into being all our ancestors co-evolving and something of course that is a great comfort to me and I'm to us all is our understanding and notion of beauty I woke up this morning and I heard so many birds singing it was so beautiful and of course they were singing to welcome the light they were singing to usher in the dawn ceremoniously declare that a new day was beginning how wonderful a gift to us all and this is a lovely thing about lockdown we hear the birds so much more and i'm standing here talking to you and i'm so grateful for these five minutes each day with you that i'm looking out over the landscape and i'm seeing the sun returning coming over the hill this gold glow it's really stunning and of course i know that for all of us when i say these words to you even though you're not here you can understand envision what I'm seeing and how wonderful that we can share this language of beauty that we can all connect and understand where we are who we are from some very simple words and cues we've all experienced this feeling how wonderful we can be united in this appreciation of beauty 
So I really hope for you in your bubble, you're able to gaze out and appreciate what surrounds you. And here we are in this time with the opportunity to really zoom in, focus on the beauty that surrounds us. Here we are in this time, free to really enjoy a deep dive into all these aspects of our lives that maybe at other times we are so distracted. And this is a gift that long gives to us. As much as it is hard and stressful, and as much as it is a restriction, normal way of being, with this restriction comes another consciousness. We can gaze about our homes and see the beauty of the light, hitting the different surfaces, the different colours, these different treasures being illuminated as it moves through our homes. This is what I'm these stained glass windows lighting up. And of course, the beauty of those that are with us is our loved one. And of course, ourselves. We have this time to really appreciate how working and grateful that we've kept each other and we'll continue to keep as we move through this latest series of transformation. So I really hope that for you, wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this innate appreciation of beauty can be here for you as a tool to really enjoy and give you an opportunity to step through a portal to the now, to the present, just to enjoy its colours change as the light hit. I really hope this can be helpful for you and you can see that so much around you reflects your own beauty, your own skills and gifts. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Jed Casey. Jed Mawira introduced you as a connector in the digital space. What's that about? Well, I uh, in a bit in March, the beginning of March, I got a got an email from a, a a guy that I know really well, Andy Hamilton, who's who was the CEO of the Ice House, and he said, "I've got a really cool project. Do you want to do it?" And I so I emailed him back and said, "Yep," and he comes back and says, "Cool," and that was it. And so I went back and said, "Well, what's the project?" <laughs> and he said, um, "Oh." He said, you've got to go all over New Zealand. You've got to find 25 ambassadors to deliver these events. And you've got to hold over 50 events. And Digital Boost was set up by MB. And MB was was identified that small businesses weren't digitally capable. And so the aim was that Digital Boost would, would enable small businesses to learn and to become more digitally, to build their digital capability. So alongside MindLab, they pulled together a whole raft of content which people can go on to digitalboost.co.nz and learn about SEOs and social media and websites and all of that. So my task was that I had to get around New Zealand and hold these events where we would we would talk for an hour to an hour and a half and teach people uh, what Digital Boost was about and give them an opening to start going on and doing that. So. I, as I said, so in three months I had to find 25 ambassadors and then hold over 50 workshops around New Zealand. And it was just, it was crazy, really. I mean, you just, I, you know, Andy didn't manage me. I just, uh, you know, what was my KPI? 25 ambassadors, 50 events around New Zealand. Go and do it. And so that's what I had to do. And it was, uh, to me, it was just, uh, I was really wrapped because all of a sudden I was back in the space dealing with um, businesses and my kids said to me, what the hell do you know about digital, Dad? You know, you, <laughs> you get on Facebook and that's bloody it. And then you rant and rave on Facebook and so then you're teaching people about digital. And my role wasn't, wasn't about being the digital uh, guru, it was about being the people person. No, I had to go and bash down doors and barriers to to get people alongside me and organize events and do all of that stuff. But meet some incredible people. You know, one of my favorite places um, was Fox Glacier, you know, and we nearly didn't go there. Uh, But then they pleaded with us to go down and we ended up, we had 25 people come to to the workshop and they were just the most incredible people that you would meet. You know, that West Coast, I think we did um, Fox Glacier, Westport, Hokitika and Greymouth. And you, you can see what it means to be a coaster. You know, those those people are really passionate. But I I just 
met over 1,500 people in business who talked to me about their some of their dreams and their passions and their challenges, and I just had a, I just had a blast. You know, I I learned. I think I learned more. Uh, and um, did more. Um, and realised that how small business, uh, you know, are the key drivers of this region of the economy. And that's what I said to them at the end of everything. You know, realise that that we're privileged to have you as people in business, and and you drive this economy. Um, and you should be proud of what you do. And I think that sort of that that touched a few of them too. That there was someone standing up there. And as someone said, you know, I ended up being the voice of of business to a degree, which, you know, I was really in a privileged position. So what sort of transformation were you talking about or were people doing? I'm imagining it was everything from a, a website to actually transforming the business around service. Yeah, so, so um, some of the interesting stats that came out was we had uh, 50% of those businesses that we saw didn't have a website. And and some businesses had tried to do Facebook promotions and they hadn't worked. Uh, 80% of the people who came to the, to the events were uh, female. And the, and the other thing was that the majority of the people were 40, 14 above. And so it, it gave them gave them the tools to be able to go in and watch some videos to learn. But one of the key things we found was we, we had over 35,000 people subscribed into that, into there. And going forward, what DMB's decided to do is they're wanting more people to, to subscribe into Digital Boost, but they don't feel that there's a need to have the face-to-face, which is what we were doing. And the feedback that we had from the events that we did was they want to be able to sit down in a room with someone saying, uh, you know, how do I build, how do I build this website? How do I get onto Shopify? If I stumble, uh, I, I don't want to, I need someone to ask. And I want that person in the room. And I so think that's, that that's interesting because if you look at these kids coming through now, they've been born into a digital space. That's their natural world. They learn in a digital way. Yeah. They, they they relate to the world through a digital way. Everything's digital for them. But for us, I mean, computers only came into school when I was in my fifth form year, year what's that called, year 11, before I'd yeah. even seen a computer. And it, it's not natural for us. And, and we're, we're all doing our best by it. We still, a lot of us need to be, learn by being shown how to do a thing yeah yeah and mm. that's 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 what we we've tried to tell um mb for the next stage and you know i applaud what they've done they've put another 40 million dollars over the next two years to in the digital space to help businesses grow in that space and and they're putting a whole lot of content in there but the the missing link at the moment is they haven't got the events that are being held which we did and you know as i've said We've got 25 ambassadors who who are really engaged and and do some really good stuff and have some um, uh, have some uh, what's the word Cap- they've got um, capability and um, we that's why what we're now doing is we've there's four of us have pulled together a proposal which we're putting out to some organizations because what we want to be able to do is to get some sponsorship and funding is we want to be able to go back to some of those regions and say hey here we are you know this is what we want to run you a um, a session on this one of the biggest things we got was the customer persona you know when you when you talk to talk to the business and say what's your customer persona and they go oh i've got that in my head but uh i haven't written it down and I've got a business that, that does something. I mean, like our holiday homes business, you don't just have one persona, one customer. You have four or five different personas, and you've got to write those down. Once you've got that, then you can start thinking, well, how do I start pushing that out on social media, or where do I go with um, 
my website and and how do I build a database? And when you when you're a bit older, you haven't done that. You're so busy scrambling uh, and living and making your business work that you haven't got time to do some of this other stuff. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have Younger Years by Dragon. Yes. Why this one? Well, you know, I was born and grew up in Tomaranui, and the Hunter Boys were part of that fabric. Uh, I played basketball with Ross, one of the younger brothers, and they've always, you know, they were when you when you're a small town boy, you always look for heroes that came out of uh, your town. And it just resonates with me. You know, when I think back on my young years, it was—it seemed to be uncomplicated. I'm sure I went through some dramas and everything, but you know, I just have fond memories of being young and and living in Tamaranui, and and the Hunter Boys probably epitomised that. So that's why uh, that's why I've had that. I love the song. Really it takes me right back to my roots.
Jed, you were talking about how you and others had a, a different view of Fakatani, and then you were talking about Fox Glacier and, and the the West Coast. We were over on the coast a month or so ago, and there was completely empty. There was nobody there. Do you think that there is going to be a a long tail of COVID in terms of not not the medical long tail, but a long tail in terms of its impact on on our communities, on our businesses? Yeah, I, I really worry about that. But then I also think that there's a hell of a lot of resilience in some of those small communities. If you look at, uh, you know, a coaster doesn't just roll over and die. You know, they, they just, they'll go and find something else to do. But I think we do need support from government to, to be able to sustain that. You know, I look at, you know, where we're at, you know, my, my business at the moment has, has come to a halt because I can't get out and about around in the country. So, you know, being self-employed, uh, if you don't you don't have contracts and you don't have an income coming in, and that, that becomes a challenge. Um, so I think, you know, one of, one of the thoughts that I had in, in the first lockdown was, why aren't we giving a voucher to every family for them to go and spend in a in the region in a region, and that may be you know five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars for each family or person to go down and and enjoy an experience, and you know I think of I think of my daughter, um, second daughter who, a third daughter who's in uh, works for a company called K Jets in Queenstown, a jet boat company. You know, imagine if they they were a, they were willing to subsidise you know, a discounted fare, but then you're able to top up, you're able to put another $50 onto that, which the government paid for, that, that a person was able to go and experience that. Because a lot of families want to get out and enjoy things, but they don't have the ability or the funding to do that. And I think that's, that's what we need to do. We need to encourage uh, people to go and travel and give them, make it affordable for them to travel. But we also need we can't just screw the operator down all the time and say, "Well, you know, you've got to cut your price in half." When you think of all the costs that they have to they have to use, but I'd sent sent those thoughts away to higher powers within the within government, but I've never had a response. I still think it's a great idea, though. We've seen lots of changes in society over the last year and a half. What do you think is going to stick, and perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? <laughs> oh, God. Don't <laughs> get me started now. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, if I, I think some of the things in, in society now is, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some people who are so egotistical and narcissistic. You know, I just think they, some people is, are on such power trips and, uh, and that that scares the hell out of me. Um, sometimes, you know, what what I would love to see is that that people just accept people for who they are. You know, let's have the ability that we can agree to disagree sometimes, and let let people have their point of view. That's that's the thing that I would love to see. Give people respect uh, that they are due. That's that's really what I would that's what I would like. You know, sometimes we you know, we get it wrong. I think my weather uh and I probably had a break from the friendship that we've had, you know, for a couple of years because we, we locked horns on a couple of issues and and um probably when, when I look back on it, it was probably because we we're so passionate about about issues and we and we couldn't see the wood for the tree. So we butted heads and we butted heads again and then we said well bugger you and so we won't talk and now we're now we're back where we probably do realize that actually you know we we can't do some things by ourselves but we can do things when we're better together and we have to we have to keep people uh we have to i think we just someone has to tell people that they're bloody wrong you know, that's that's what I that's what I believe, and if we don't, then no one's going to tell them they're wrong. 
Some questions to end the show with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, my God. Uh, my biggest success? I, I've, I've adopted a couple of BHAGs. I've always had a BHAG, you know, a big area audacious goal. One was that, that we were going to get the top town team in Whakatane into the thing, and we did. The other was to bring the America's Cup to Edgecombe after the floods, and I managed that. And I think my biggest success, uh, and I've always said that, is I've got a wife who just continually inspires me. And I think financially we, we're, never, we're not where we are, but I've got, I've got kids who make me really proud. So that, that would be my biggest success. As, as my kids and having a wife I've been married to for 30 years. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this is my superpower. Uh, Andy Hamilton said something to me. He said, Ted, you go and create chaos, but you do shit. That's, that's, my, that's my superpower. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, God, yes. I bloody, I hate things when people are wrong. You know, I'm passionate about, about righting wrongs. I'd love to be able to sit down and have dinner with John F. Kennedy. So what motivates you? What motivates me? Uh, doing the impossible. You know, I do, I do stuff and, and then it gets done. Then I think at the end of that, oh, my God, what the hell were you thinking that you could do that? It was like that digital boost program. What the hell did you think you could do? How could you pull that off? So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or two? Um, my biggest opportunity would be to win Lotto, but no, seriously. <laughs> my biggest opportunity would be to continue working in the space where I made a difference in, uh, for, for businesses and people is really, is really where, I'd, where I'd want to be. And it's not, you know, I never want people to say uh, that's what my legacy was or anything. It was just to say that I made, I made the world a better place or made my community a better place. So lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? <laughs> Be nice to your mum. You don't, you, you'll never, you won't have her forever. Um, no, I think the advice to my listeners would be, uh, to the listeners, um, yeah, just as that, that mantra that, that Claudia gave me was, be the biggest, boldest, bravest person you can be and go forth and slay dragons. And don't stop. The dragons will keep coming at you. Thank you for that. Mawera. Jed, thank you very much for all that you do in our community. Um, and thank you for enabling um, people in our age groups in the digital space, which, you know, for for so many businesses to have a future, that has they've got to have confidence and, and not feel like trespassers in the space. So it's a beautiful thing that you do by enabling that and all the best with, um, with the, your new venture into that and keep up the good work. Thanks for all you do. Kia ora. Kia ora. No, I just, I feel, as I said, I feel privileged uh, that I'm on the radio and a podcast, but I also especially that it's, that it's in Otago. So you always retain, retain that a great deal of fondness for that region. I'd love to be able to come and work there. So if anyone's got a job, Hey, give me a call. <laughs> first things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, ooh, the way that things have been. Oh, ooh. Second thing, second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be. 
their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie this is imagine dragons believer I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Muera Karatai in Fakatani and in Thornton, somewhere near Fakatani. We have been speaking with Jed Casey. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. But they never did, ever lived, ever and flowing, inhibited, libited, till it broke up when it rained down. It rained down like. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.